0: Snuggles. We're so happy you're here today. And I brought a really beautiful guest and I'm super excited to share it with you. So go ahead and tell them about you.
1: Hello, I am Athea. I am a Mindset and Manifestation coach, NLP practitioner, podcast host of the Manifest Edit. And yeah, I just really love to empower women to really step into that next level version of not only themselves but also their lives and to stop settling in the process and to really confidently show up and ask for what they actually want and then to begin living in a way that's an integrity with that
0: so beautiful (laughs) we definitely need more people doing that so i appreciate you for doing this work and the question of the podcast is what was the last random act of kindness someone did for you
1: oh wow I actually sent my friend this candle company the other day and they did these really beautiful um, candles. So the candle said, bitch, relax. And I was just like, I love that. It had like little crystals in it. It said, bitch, relax. And I sent my friend that candle. I was like, how cute are these? And she's like, I'm buying one for you. So that was a really nice random act of kindness
0: cute those are so cute what brand is that I want to look at that
1: um it's just like a small business I'll send you the link afterwards but I just randomly stumbled across it I was like this is the best thing I've ever seen
0: oh so good that's amazing oh cute and tell me where your accent's from it sounds like you there's a few places in there
1: no one can ever quite place it so I'm actually from Scotland but I've been living overseas in Australia for the past five years so there's a bit of a mishmash of everything in there I'm not even sure what it sounds like anymore to be honest
0: <laughs> that's amazing so cool so I'd love to hear about how you got on this journey of manifestation and being a mindset coach
1: I think it's something that started from when I was young. We definitely grew up in a more spiritual slash Buddhist household. So from the age of 10 onwards, we grew up Buddhist. We would go to the temple and meditate and definitely had a more mindful way of life. Definitely a life that was quite different to my previously Christian upbringing. And then as an adult, I was like, okay, well, I actually want to approach this from a spiritual lens and decide like what pieces feel right for me, what works for me. And really through personal development, stumbling across the secret as everyone does, I was like, oh, this is a thing. And really started me on my journey of conscious manifestation. And then, you know, once you've done one thing and seen it materialize, you're like, it's like your whole world has opened up is like okay now I'm just gonna create everything that I've ever wanted and not only do it for myself in this journey but help other people to get there as well
0: so lovely I yeah it just it's so natural I'm a self-discovery coach too and it's like you can't help but want to share the gifts once you feel them for yourself Mm, and so cool so what are some of your tricks to manifesting
1: I think one of the most overlooked things when it comes to manifestation is really the embodiment piece. And I see a lot of people when they begin consciously manifesting is that they will start at the place of an intention. Okay, I see this person on Instagram has this. This is what I want. Okay, where is it? And this is where we can kind of get caught up in manifesting things that maybe aren't for us or things that we don't truly want. So for me, the very first thing when it comes to manifestation, and I have a five step method for manifestation. Conversation. And the very first step of that is embodying the vibe of your higher self, and thinking about from a higher self perspective. When I'm embodying that next level for myself, what does that feel like? And then from this next level, woman that I'm becoming, or this person that I'm becoming, what kind of things do they have in their life? And then aligning from that way rather than just like, oh yeah, I guess I kind of want this to things that you just have this like soul tuck pulling you towards.
0: Yes, I think that that's it was being a huge shift for me, too, because I was like, I'm doing all the things like what is happening? Why am I not receiving? And so, yeah, I think that is so important. I'd love to hear the five steps if you're happy to share.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So. I want to make the point as well, that the way that this framework came around was not because I was like absolutely killing it, manifesting everything I'd ever wanted, but actually the opposite in that I'd created this vision board and I was like, literally nothing on this vision board has manifested. Where have I gone wrong here? Having previously manifested so many incredible things into my life. And then this one vision board that I create and then nothing happens. And then I realized that I myself had just been coming at it from the intention place. And what that had led to was many, many things that I had put on there in order to look a certain way or to present to other people a certain way rather than actually wanting them so it was about where I thought I should be at in my life or what other people would think would be cool to have but not things that I personally thought were cool and wanted to have so in realizing that I realized that I wasn't alone in this that so many people were starting at the intention level not the embodiment level which led me to developing the vibes method so the first step like I mentioned before is embodying the vibe of your higher self and I think this particularly if you are maybe at the beginning of your spiritual journey or you are one of a few or maybe the only one spiritual in your friend group and you feel kind of alone in there I think what's really important to note about the embodiment piece is that it's time for you to really step into your role as an outlier and own that like that is so powerful that is so precious and it doesn't matter whether other people are coming with you on your journey or whether you're inspiring people that will never even tell you the more you step into yourself it creates ripple effects that you will never ever even see but just trust that they're always happening so I think that's it just is so powerful I think it's so beautiful and always when I'm working with my clients and I'm seeing the shifts that they're having I'm thinking this isn't only affecting their life this is affecting the lives of every single person that they come into contact with and that is magic to me So then the second step from there is setting powerful intentions and having a clear idea of what your higher self-vision looks like and what your values actually are. Setting intentions actually becomes really simple. It's like, okay, well, it makes sense that this would be the next step in my evolution because it aligns with the vision and values of where I'm going. It also means when it comes to setting intentions that we're not like, Well, I just don't want to be broke. I just don't want to attract like rubbish people into my life. I just don't want to have this. But you're like, I deeply desire this. This is calling me. This sets my soul on fire. And it completely changes the energy that we have when it comes to setting intentions. And I think so much of this framework is about leaning more and more into what feels good and when i say what feels good that doesn't necessarily mean all the time it's going to make you feel super happy or super lit up sometimes we have to make those challenging decisions sometimes we have to do those challenging things that don't always feel good in the moment but in the long term it feels right at a soul level so from setting those powerful intentions we move into the third step which is energetic blocks and boundaries this looks at limiting beliefs it looks like boundaries and that's one of my favorite things to talk about and I think particularly as women that It has been a struggle in the past to set those boundaries because you're worrying about how people will perceive you and where sometimes men can be perceived as being assertive. That's definitely not the word that is used when it comes to women so setting those boundaries and feeling really strong and standing tall in those boundaries and saying this is what i am available for my life this is what i'm not available for my life and i have an expectation of the way that my life looks and i have an expectation of my the way my life feels and if people are coming into my space that don't make me feel that way then we have some questions that we need to ask so it looks at that and then also working through any limiting beliefs that come up as you do move towards your intentions because what can happen is we like yes i have the vision i have the values yes i'm setting these super Amazing intentions. And then we go from that great, great high to an inevitable drop when, after setting that intention, all of these limiting beliefs come to the surface. And for many people, what happens at this stage is they're like, well, obviously I'm doing something wrong, or maybe it's not meant to me because I have all of this fear coming up. But actually, what it means is you are being presented with this fear. The universe is presenting you an opportunity here is like, if you want to go to the next level of growth then you're going to have to work through this. You're going to have to be able to hold space for yourself as you handle these challenging emotions. You're going to have to do some things that make you uncomfortable. Are you really ready? Are you as ready as you say you are? And you better get ready because if you're not right now, you're going to have to go there. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yes, so true. So true, yes. (laughs) um so the fourth step is balancing your feminine and masculine energy and that looks at taking inspired action from a really aligned place and also about developing and deepening that intuitive connection that we have we all have this wonderful intuitive connection we all have these beautiful psychic gifts but some of us are just not really awakened to the power that is already within us and feel the need to outsource that power or to do things in a specific way in order to be successful, but it's about how do I find my own rhythm and how do I dance to the beat of my own drum? And I think that's a beautiful blend of both masculine and feminine energy. I don't believe that there is a hierarchy of energies, and I don't believe that the masculine is bad, even though that's the one that we typically operate in. I think it's just about finding the balance and striking the balance between the two and knowing that balance isn't necessarily 50-50 for some people it will look really different and then finally after having done all of that gone through all of that work you are at the final step which is surrender which is releasing the need to know every single detail and micromanaging exactly how it's going to happen and just trusting that the way it works out is the way that it's meant to work out and if it calls you if you were drawn to it then it is absolutely meant for you.
0: Mm, Such a divine process I love it thank you so much for walking us through that and at every point you said I'm like yep yep <laughs> it's so true like we have to go through those phases and it's inevitable and it's like every time we're brought to our growth edge it's like everything's gonna be brought up you know like you said like you got to face those things and um and move past it and that actually means you're on the right path and it's such a great remembrance because we so quickly want to be like see you know, attached to the ego and just be like, fuck, I'm, you know, it's not it, but really it is. It's like, this is your chance to shine.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. It's like, it's go time.
0: It's go time, baby. Yes. And so what if someone has come from like, um, a really hard upbringing, a hard background, and they're like, this is like not even possible for me. Um, yeah, like they don't believe in it because, you know, they don't have they're not, you know, as as privileged as some other people.
1: I think it's a really great topic to talk to, especially especially with the events of recent years as well. And for myself growing up that, I'm also aware that there are some privileges I do have and some privileges I don't have. So, for example, growing up as a Black woman in Scotland, growing up as someone who lost both of her parents at a young age, growing up as someone who was also adopted and in the care system, there were many odds that were stacked against me in some senses. And if I'd have just listened to them and if I'd have just... Um, let myself be a statistic which in many cases people are referring to the statistics of well only three percent of people who are in care like finish their degrees and I remember when I actually went back to uni to do my master's degree that I was the only care leaver at my university studying my master's degree and there was actually a point I was um, volunteering for numerous things as part of um, uni and one of the things I volunteered for was this group called called The Voice of Reason, and it was about connecting care with each other. And being the only master's student that was a care lever, they asked me if I would go to a children's home and if I would speak to the kids about my experience in university and kind of just inspire them that this is actually a path that they could take. And so there were meant to be about twenty kids that were going to this talk. And when I got there, there was one kid that had showed up. And when I asked like where everyone else was, they even that person that did show up was like, "Well, we don't really see the point. No one believes in us. We're not going to have the money to go to university, even if we do have the desire to need. So what's even the point in like building our hopes up for something that we're never going to have? What's the point in building our hopes up when nobody else is going to believe in us? So when you look at the privileges you do or don't have know that no matter where you're at right now that this isn't to say that maybe you are less privileged than other people maybe you do have like less opportunities than other people but you have to make the most of what you do have and know that the fact that you aren't as privileged as other people are doesn't mean that you can't get the things they have and I always had the belief growing up especially after my mom had passed away that okay, I still want to have these things, but I believe I'm going to have to work harder than everyone else to have them. And in some ways that was true because I didn't have parents to support me, to cheer me on. And something growing up without parents that I realized is that I, if you've ever heard the expression, you don't know what you don't know, is that I was missing out on all of these experiences that I didn't actually know that I was missing out on. And I remember I was doing a job with one of my friends from uni and she was talking about sharing things with her parents and sharing uni grades and this was actually the first time that she'd realized that uh, I was orphaned and I didn't have any parents and she's like oh well who are you sharing all your uni grades with who are you telling all the small stuff that no one cares about I was like oh I didn't realize people were doing that that was a whole experience that I didn't realize that was normal for other people so just because you don't get to have those experiences doesn't mean you're not getting to the same place. It just might look a little bit different for you and know that you really have to be compassionate with yourself in the process and know that there are going to be people who don't understand exactly what your background is like. And that is just something that, although it's not your fault, you're the only one that can take the responsibility for where you're going at this period in your life. And you're so strong to be wherever you are now, but this is just the beginning. This is just the beginning for you.
0: Mm. So beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And it's, it's so true. Like everything is in your hands and it's hard to like move from that place when you're first hearing this or experiencing that, but it is like the most powerful thing. And I, yeah, my mom left when I was five and my dad's um, also adopted and, but I'm not really close with my parents as like most people are. So like when I travel, and everyone's like, Oh, your family must miss you. I'm like, yeah maybe like so how did you deal with how do you deal with triggers when people um, bring up things with that like I'm sure now you've gotten to a place where you're better but like how did that go at first
1: Um, I think at first definitely when I was a lot younger of course and you're still and I think at that age I didn't really properly navigate grief as well and I remember that there was actually um, kids in school and their parent had passed away and they'd taken time off school and then they had come back maybe like a month afterwards and they had fallen massively behind at school so this was my only kind of representation of this is what happens when people's parents die so I was like I cannot fall behind at school because this is like the only thing I have so I remember we got the call at like midnight and then come 8am my sister and I are going down to the school bus because we're like we can't fall behind and I think in that entire time we took about one day off school so I always felt like you just have to keep going but the downside of that was that like I didn't really give myself that time to process grief which came out obviously as an adult or the older I got is like oh this is something that I actually have to deal with so for me now I think especially with grief it's something that comes in waves you're never fully over it and whether you've lost a parent or you don't have that closeness there's still a grieving of the relationship that you wish that you did have so for example for me things like Mother's Day and Father's Day because my mom my adoptive mom was a single parent as well so I've never experienced a Father's Day or have any reference what it's like to have a dad apart from what I've seen on TV or seen in movies I'm like ah must be like that but um Yeah, Sometimes when those posts do come up and people are sharing, I do feel a little bit of like, oh, I wonder what that experience would be like. And I think when it comes to my own healing and mindset work I'm doing, I think a lot of the practices are based on reparenting myself and building the relationship that I wish that I had or that I know I'm not gonna get and making sure that I am kind of fulfilling myself in all those ways obviously I imagine it's not exactly the same I can't I can't be certain but I imagine it's not exactly the same as having those real people but it's very comforting to know that I support myself on so so many levels and I was always My friends always um, perceive me as someone who has a really great money mindset. And I would also say that about myself, but where it initially originated from was like, I will be screwed if I can't support myself. I will be screwed if I don't have that kind of backup plan. Whereas now I can come at things from a more abundant mindset rather than a scarce mindset. Like I am my own parent. Like I am looking after myself so well. I'm giving myself all these things that I want and any relationship that comes into my life. Like I think I have quite highest standards for that because I'm already giving myself so much that anyone else who comes in like you have to like at least match me where I'm at or level up because this is so good already <laughs>
0: I feel that so much yeah I'm like everyone always says your standards are too high I'm like no 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 I just know what I want and what I deserve because I've had to raise myself too like I understand that fully and um, it is so beautiful like yeah there's you can look at things in so many different ways and it's like you, you either say and they're like victim like sad story which it is and that you're not taking away from that or you're like okay I'm going to be my best parent I'm going to have my own back I'm going to learn how to live life to the best that I can and yeah like uh, it's such an empowering place to be and so I'm just that's so beautiful to hear your story
1: oh thank you for giving me an opportunity to share it as well yes
0: and so You touched a little bit about money mindset. So what are some other good things for money mindset? Because we all could use more abundance and to spread. I think it's so important to spread the wealth into heart-centered people and remembering that like, when you have that power, you get to share the goodness with so many more people.
1: Very first thing when it comes to money mindset is actually having an understanding of how you truly feel about money. Because at the same time, as we can be saying, Well, I just want more of it. Okay, well, you're not going to build a house on shaky foundations. So we actually need to see what the foundations look like before we call in more. Because here's what happened yeah, you may well call in more, you may well call in a lot more, but actually handling it, keeping it, saving it, investing it, you will not be able to do that. And if you're someone who does have a bad money story, you're going to find yourself wanting to get rid of that money or not being able to make smart decisions smart choices with it or just finding these like random bills come up where the money goes away so going back and seeing what your money story actually is so for me I realized that yes although I'm very good at saving it was also kind of from a hoarding perspective rather than like oh saving for all these fun things I'm going to do it's like oh saving in case I become homeless so having like a different mindset around it is very very important and your money story may not even be that bad in inverted commas but we all have things that we would like to change about our money stories even the positive stories that can always be improved upon so our money stories are typically derived from the people that we grow up with or the way that we've seen money growing up so that can be your peers your parents and then it can go one of two ways either you will mirror exactly what you've seen or you will go against the grain and be like oh I don't want to be like them and you will do the opposite so noticing like where what does my story look like who did I get my ideas and beliefs around money from are these beliefs actually mine what beliefs what stories do I actually want to have about money instead how can I build like this beautiful sexy empowering relationship with money like it was an actual person like is this a healthy relationship or is this a toxic relationship and honestly most of the people that I speak to it's a toxic relationship so if you do find looking back at your story and you're like this is not good It is actually really great because you're, seeing that oh this is a bad relationship means that you've got like so much further to go in like transforming that money mindset so it'd be like I haven't been calling in money I've been really struggling and then you find out that you do have that kind of lack story towards money it's like oh great this is what's been holding me back that whole time um and then even if you don't have that like story that needs so much shifting at least you actually know how you work you know how you operate you know what your patterns are so yeah maybe it's not particularly sexy to go back into the past and look and identify what your money story is but it is one of the most important things things that you can do when it comes to your money mindset because it's like um it's like your origin story right (laughs) like always every superhero has an origin story and this is your origin story around money so once you've done that work to see what your story actually is great now we can look at practices now we can look at tools now we can look at calling in more and you won't even consciously need to think of doing all those practices because they'll come to you as you're doing this work to heal your money story and to heal your relationship to money yes
0: (laughs) yes so good i believe that as well you have to meet yourself where you're at you can't avoid the truth and personally i never wanted to look at my finances i was like no it's bad don't want to go there but you yeah you need to um be okay with you have to accept where you're at is the thing and um i remember this coach once she was told me she's like if money were a person would money want to have sex with you it's like I love that because it's like are you do you have a good relationship with money that they would actually want to have an intimate relationship with you and I'm like no I don't I
1: love the way she phrased that
0: yeah it's so good so yeah thank you for sharing that and so now what are some of your like favorite ways to like call in more abundance
1: I think wherever you're at right now know that it's just the beginning it's only up from here and particularly if you do want to call in more money I love to work out where that money would go. So think about your dream income, whether that's from your nine to five, your business, or you know, just want to have some play money and think about exactly where all of that money is going to do. Like what is your dream amount? And if you're not sure, just like close your eyes, ask yourself a question, that number that immediately comes to your head, that's a number, go with it, don't try and rationalize it. Now work out where you would divide all of these areas. So for me, My money is divided by investment, divided by savings, divided by team members, um, all of these different things. But when you're dividing this money, especially like the dream amount, think about it after all your bills, all your rent, all your team, everything like that is paid. This is just like where you want money that you actually have to spend to go so for me the money that I actually have to spend after I've paid for the things I need to pay for it would be like investments saving holidays like wellness travel all these things and you're dividing out all that money now you're looking at your current bank account and maybe you're thinking well I'm actually quite a way off from there but how can you divide your money so all of those areas if you only have an extra ten dollars to spare okay i'm going to divide it by all of those eight areas that i came up with earlier i'm going to put 70 cents in one area two dollars in another area and you're getting into the practice of seeing oh okay well i can make these shifts towards the amounts that i want to divide my money by now even if i'm not quite at the income level i want to be at because you you can't stick with the mindset that like oh when I magically get to this income level everything's going to change when I get there because you might be a while away from there yet and you can't just be like so stuck in the future that you forget to live where you are right now so begin getting into the habit of like yes I'm abundant in this area oh I've got two dollars in my wellness that's enough for a nail polish like really making the most of where you're at and making it exciting being where you're at like celebrating where you're at like so much like is so much fun for me and I actually just had a client call earlier and she said I hear so many coaches talking about manifesting more money but it's just pertaining to people who have their own businesses what if I don't have my own business how can I like call in more money I'm like um I feel like the only way money can come to me is my nine to five I was like okay so out of interest have you ever listed any other ways that money can come to you apart from your nine to five um no okay well that would be a really good place to start and before I started my coaching business I had lost my job and I, we were in a pandemic and I had um, my income disappeared overnight I wasn't entitled for any funding because I'm not Australian and I was living overseas so I literally had basically like $200 a month coming in for like quite high expenses I live, I live a lavish life <laughs> so I was like oh, a lot of money is going out and zero is coming in and for a while The first couple of weeks, I was just miserable about it. I was really sad about it. And then I came to this point of realization that I have not actually done anything to change my situation. And instead of being like, this is terrible, I was like, this is great. Like I have everywhere to go from here. And I sat and I wrote a list of all the ways that I could make money and just like anything that I could come up with. And it didn't matter if I was gonna do it or not. All that mattered to me was that I could see potential, that I could see opportunities. And I went from that list to randomly booking um, a consult for a social media consult in fact it was search engine optimization which is something that I'm not like mas- massively passionate about but it's something I do have enough knowledge of to teach a beginner so I did this one hour session with these random people that I found off this um, site which is like I guess you could compare it to Craigslist um, went from that site that $50 from that one session spiraled into me writing medical blogs about um, how to protect yourself during COVID, which was bringing in an extra $2,000 a month, which spiraled into multiple five figures and it all you know, spiraled into each other. So I didn't know every single step of how I was going to change my financial situation. I just knew that it was a given for me. Like My success is always inevitable. My financial flow is always inevitable. My abundance is always inevitable. And if my reality is not matching that my external reality is matching that then it's the external realities that's lying it's not my mindset that's a lie so it's like how do I align the external so it's matching with what I know to be true
0: so powerful (laughs) oh that's magic it's yeah there's just so much to that but uh, it's so important to To be, have awareness, I think is the root of all that, like noticing, like in this moment, all right, I'm spiraling, I'm going down the dark slide. Like, do I want to keep falling down this way? No, like I'm going to choose something different. And we have so many choices in life and it's like, what are you choosing right now? You know, like, what are you choosing and get real with yourself? And I think that's so powerful. And just that, that deep trust you're like, because both of us, you know, we've had that relationship with ourselves where we, you know, we, have to trust ourselves in order to survive in this life so like I think we have an advantage in that way but if you don't like really build that intuition so that you can trust like the little nudges that are bringing you in whatever way and in that open mindset of like all right I will just write this thing and I don't know why but I'm gonna do it and then like yes I love how it just snowballs so so cool
1: yeah following those intuitive hits always always mm-hmm. so I just want to
0: end with asking, what is bringing you? What has been bringing your heart joy lately?
1: Oh, that's a really great question. And (laughs) being in Melbourne and having spent the majority of the past year in lockdown, I have actually been trying to bring more of a conscious awareness to bringing joy in my life. I noticed that I was really spending a lot of time working because there wasn't anything else to do and typically I wouldn't work weekends but I was like oh well you know in lockdown I might as well just work Saturdays and what I realized was outside of my business which obviously brings me so much joy working with my clients and I love it but I'm definitely not one of those people who will say like love your job and you'll never work a day in your life like it's, it's still work it's still a job so I realized that outside of my business life that I, there wasn't actually that much joy in my life so I was like this is actually something that I need to be bring a conscious effort to so Uh, acupuncture has been bringing me a lot of joy it's something that's still open during lockdown so I've been getting those weekly sessions and I've noticed that it's had such a huge impact on my anxiety it's had a huge impact onto how just this state of equilibrium I feel and I was talking to my naturopath about it I was like Do you think how I feel after acupuncture is how people without anxiety go through life? Like, is this the baseline for people who don't have mental illness? Is this what everyone else is feeling all the time? Because I love this. So that has been bringing me so much joy. Um, Going around to my friends. We have like a a single bubble where you can see like one person. So my friend who lives down the street and sometimes we'll work together, uh, ordering Uber Eats with my flatmate. Like there are so many things that I'm just bringing more of an awareness to okay like where can I find the pockets of joy in the small moments and yes my life did used to be like a lot more exhilarating in traveling around the world and in being at these big social events but now I'm like oh I'm appreciating these small things so much more that when I do get to do all of the things that I love so much that it's going to be like so much brighter to the point where I'll be like outside sometimes and I'm like looking at the sky and I'm like the clouds the clouds and just like <laughs> <laughs> it's so beautiful. You ever seen how fluffy they are? Oh,
0: oh, so good. I love this moments of joy. Acupuncture, holy! Like when I lay there, I'm like wow, yeah, like I feel that too. I'm like, life is so peaceful and good and yeah, yeah. relaxing. Sometimes
1: it's like, wow, this is like a real trip that we're all just like walking around here on this like space rock. This is wild. Like whose idea was this?
0: Honestly, I feel that way too. Where are you in Melbourne? I used to live
1: there. Um, so I'm based in South Melbourne
0: okay cool nice I miss it but I don't I'm happy I'm not Not right now (laughs) I'm sorry to say I'm glad I'm not yeah are you planning to stay in Australia
1: yeah yeah so I I, um, I initially came here for one year and I was like yeah I'm just gonna stay there for a year do some traveling and come back and then it's five years it's been five years now so it really it definitely feels like home despite the events of the past year and a half or non-events of the past year and a half I'm very happy to be here and to be surrounded by such incredible people and yeah I am truly happy
0: So good. Yeah, I would have never left if my visa didn't expire. I loved it there. It's so nice. Um, But thank you so much for being here. And I'd love for you to share where people can find you and what you're offering right now.
1: Absolutely. So you can find me over on Instagram at afia Salter underscore. You can find my podcast, the Manifest Edit podcast. And I do five to seven day free virtual retreats where I talk about my five step method for aligned manifestation and how to implement that into your life so that you can stop settling, confidently manifest your desires and really yeah own your extraordinary life and there is nothing more exciting so if that's something that calls you you can head to afeaselta.com forward slash retreat
0: sweet thank you so much